following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. Let me go ahead and start you out with the promise in Deuteronomy 16, 16 that says, three times a year, come before the Lord your God at the place where he will choose, at Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. No one should appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each man must bring as much as he can manage, giving generously in response to the blessings of the Lord. So God instructed us in the word three times a year, I want you to come gather around me, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. I want you to come not empty-handed. I want you to bring as much as you can manage according to how the Lord has blessed you. Don't you love that the Lord is? If you just got a little blessing, you just bring a little. I'll be back. If you got a medium blessing, you bring a medium. If you got a big old blessing, you bring a big old offering. Ever how the Lord blesses. Lord's not, Lord's not putting harsh demands on us. Ever how I've blessed you, come before me and offer this for me and see what I will do. We, we worship, we celebrate, and we give. Why? Because God is willing to break us out of cycles of destruction that's been trying to hold us back. God's people are not destroyed because of sin. God's people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. I got so aggravated when I found out this was in the Word of God, and I didn't know it for 25 years serving the Lord. But the promises of God are true in His Word that at these times of year, if we will gather around Him, celebrate Him, God will do something significant. I had this wild uh, word this morning. I looked it up. It calls them a solemn assembly. And I used to think that was a place of sadness. I looked up the word solemn. You know what it means? The word solemn means to celebrate. The word solemn means to make a circle. The word solemn means to march in progression. The word solemn means to celebrate with giddy expectation. I see some of you just look so giddy with expectation. Touch three people, say, it doesn't matter where you are right now. Your future is not where you are right now. God's got something else for you down the road. Touch three more people. So I'm about to break some cycles today in Jesus' name. Now, how we move is important. How we move is important. Check out 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord range through and out the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. It says the eyes of the Lord are looking throughout the earth Look, it says actually ranging. Ranging, that's, that's, that's more powerful than looking. Ranging is God is looking at limits. To range something is to scope or span it, look at limits. God takes this time of year and he looks at where you are and he looks at where you're supposed to be and he says, if you'll come to you, I'll make up the difference in what's going on right now. So touch three people say, God's about to make up the difference by his grace. Touch somebody else. I'm going to be touching you a lot today. Get happy about it. God is looking. Looks at our limits and then gives us the grace to go beyond. 
So Passover, you understand what that is. That's when the blood was applied. That's when the sacrifice, that's the cross, that's exiting Egypt, that's entering our promised land. Most of us understand that. Pentecost simply means God came down. Twice it happened in scripture. First in Exodus where God, Moses goes up on the mountain. God sends down his word on Shavuot, which is when Moses came off the mountain with the tablets. That was the first Pentecost, 50 days after Passover. The last Pentecost that was experienced in the New Testament was obviously Acts 2, which most of us know about, where God came down this time differently. This time the Holy Spirit came down and fell on, on, on God's people. And so when we celebrate, we simply are celebrating God coming down and the heavens open. Now, this is an important testimony, and this is an important season, because it, I believe this Pentecost is different than other Pentecost. Look at Acts 2.1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come. When the Pentecost had fully come. I believe we've experienced many Pentecosts, but I believe there's a difference between a regular Pentecost and when one has fully come. When one has fully come, that's that tipping point word. That's when some things have culminated for a certain season, when God's ready to do something he's not done before, when God's ready to shift us into a new season. That's why the Bible says, don't you know I'm about to do a new thing? Old things are passed away, new things are gonna spring forth. Some of you may have just lost a job. Some of you may have lost a loved one. Some of you may have lost some money. Some of you may have lost something in the past season. I've got good news. Simply because you lost something in the past season doesn't mean it's not, a, maybe God took away something from a past season because he's about to do something brand new in this season. Touch three people, say, I'll take that. Now, you can't deny God's doing something new. You don't have people, 500 people show up and start baptizing at 8.30 at night and baptize till 5.30 the next morning to tell me people aren't hungry for God and God's not doing something new. You don't tell me God lets oil start running out of a Bible. And I'm still shocked by people. Well, I just don't know about that. So here's, if you're coming around Pentecost going, I just don't know about that. God's in heaven going, I just don't know about that. Come on. Touch three people, say, be careful how you move in this season. Something new's happening. Where's my buddy Ken from Seven Springs? Is he here today? Is Ken here today? I don't know if he made it today. Balcony somewhere. Where's he at? Huh? Stand up, Ken. Wave at me. I got fired up. This is Ken. I, lo I love this man. Ken, Ken, I saw him this week. He's, he's a plumber, a master plumber. He's, in, he's going through recovery program about to finish up. He said, Ken, my hands have been so racked with ex ex eczema that I have to go to the doctor twice a month to get shots. I'm embarrassed to join hands with somebody in church because my hands are cracked and bleeding. He said, Kent, they've anointed my hands with oil. Would you look at my hands? His hands are better than my hands right there. And come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Somebody say, God, something new's happening around here. Scott was telling me this morning when we prayed before service, one of his dear friends who's stage four cancer, hadn't eaten in two months, came to the waters of baptism last weekend. He said, Scott, he said, as soon as I got out of the water of baptism, I felt something different. 
He said, I ain't eaten in two months. He said, on the way home, I stopped and got me a cheeseburger and fries. He said, man, was it good to me. Cheese. And he's been eating ever since. Boy, God's doing something new. Don't you know it? Aren't you aware of it? Don't let the devil hold you in something old when God is doing something new. How about my buddy in recovery that couldn't hear? Are you here this morning? Where's old Rodney at? Rodney came to the waters of baptism. He said, I've been coming to church a few months, and I need prayer because I can't hear the preaching. Deaf, I can barely hear. Man, when they prayed for him in that water, he came up, and his eyes shot open. My report I heard is this true. report I heard this week at, when he was watching TV, he said, could y'all cut that thing down? That's way too loud. Can you hear me preaching God's word today, Rodney? You better come on. You better come on. How dare we sit here in a Sunday morning service when God is moving by his spirit and treat it like any other day, any other place. It's Pentecost. My sister's sitting here. God saved her son. Did he save their son? Almost nearly drowned. And the God reached in the waters and plucked him up, and he's alive today because God is moving in our midst. Oh, I ain't preaching no more till you get happy and start celebrating what God is doing. If you're looking for a dry place, you should have went somewhere else this morning. Woo! When I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, I want to shout, 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 shout all day long. We're, bare, we're way too familiar with a God we barely know. And when he shows up and he's moving in our midst, we should respond with great thanksgiving and great praise and great joy. Street people say it's a new day. You say, what's happening? It's Acts 2. Here's what it said. Peter standing with 11 raised his voice, said, men of Judea and all dwelling in Jerusalem, let it be known to you. 
Heed my words. These aren't drunk as you suppose. Nine o'clock in the morning, where'd you get that joy? I had a drink about five o'clock this morning. Got a little inebriated. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Drinking at Joel's place. This is what the, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. This is what Pentecost is. It was what was spoken by the prophet Joel hundreds if not thousands of years before it ever happened. This is another great point to make this morning. No matter how long it's been since God promised you something, if he said it, he's going to do it. He's not a man that he could lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he spoke it, it's going to come to pass. Let God be true. Let every other man be a liar. What was spoken by the prophet Joel? Joel prophesied there would come revelation, restoration, and resources would be released to God's people. Then God would pour his spirit out on all flesh. Sons and daughters would prophesy, old men dream dreams, young men see visions, and on my hands, men servants and women servants, God would pour out his spirit. God's wanting to restore your life and my life so that he can then through us allow the Holy Spirit to come on all people. Let's look at it real quick. Number one, Revelation, Joel chapter two, verse 23. Be glad then. That's a great word right there, isn't it? Touch your neighbor, say be glad. Touch your other neighbor, say tell your face. Touch your other neighbor, tell your face, be glad. Lord have mercy. Be glad then you children of Zion. Rejoice. In the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain. Isn't it amazing that these last two, three days we'd have had a rain? Wasn't no normal rain. It's been a lot of rain. He said, I'm going to give you the former rain faithfully and cause the latter rain to come down. The former and the latter rain, I'm going to give it to you in the same month. In other words, the rain that causes seed to be sown and the rain that causes the harvest to come, I'm going to give them to you at the same time. What does that mean? Your, time, your seed time and harvest is going to get close together. By the time you can get a seed in the ground, a harvest is going to start coming up. Now, this is what blew my mind because I had heard this years ago in the Hebraic thought. This is the message translation of what I just read to you about revelation knowledge. Fear not, earth. Be glad and celebrate. God has done great things. Children of Zion, celebrate. Be glad in your God. He has given you a teacher to train you how to live right. Teaching like rain out of heaven. Showers of words to refresh you, nourish your soul just as he used to. 
What's that mean? It ain't going to be a season where you're saying, God just hadn't spoke to me in so long. I read his word and it's so dry. It says during this season of Pentecost, there'll be so many words from the Lord coming out of heaven. You won't even be able to process all of them. It'll be like rain coming out of heaven. By the time you turn around, somebody will be saying, thus says the Lord. Anyway, turn around. Thus says the Lord. When somebody turns around, thus says the Lord. There'll be so many words from God coming your way in this season. You'll know exactly what you're supposed to do and how you're supposed to do it and who you're supposed to do it with and when you're supposed to do it. There's going to be no famine of the Word of God. It's going to be a feast. Touch three people and say, God's about to talk to you more than you can even handle. Touch somebody else on the head, tell them, get you some revelation. There's nothing more powerful than revelation. Revelation is more powerful than money, more powerful than influence, more powerful than strength. If you get a word from God, that's the most valuable thing in the earth. His word is life, spirit giving life. When you get a revelation, man, it changes everything. That's what keeps, uh, Proverbs 28, 19 says, where there is no revelation, people go back. See, I'm not sure where we're going. I just know I'm not going back. I'm not sure where God's taking me. I ain't just ain't going back to where I used to be. I'm going to tell you that right now. I don't know where I'm going, but I ain't staying right here. I'm going somewhere with God. And touch three people say, I'm going somewhere with God in this season. It says Abraham left, didn't know where he was going. He just knew I'm not staying here. Where are you going, Abraham? I'm not sure, but I ain't staying here. Not living in this idol worship and all this poverty and lack and all this. I'm following God. Where are you going? Don't know. But I ain't staying here. Bam. About as high as I got for you right there. Two. Restoration. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten the crawling locusts the consuming locusts and the chewing locusts that great army which I sent among you God said I'm going to restore I'm going to restore what the devil's told from you I'm going to restore some people's health I'm going to restore some people's sanity I'm going to restore some people's money I'm going to restore some people's peace. I'm going to restore some people's joy. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to repay you and recompense you for what the enemy has come in and tried to do. I'm going to bring vengeance on your enemies. I'm going to restore you. Now, we, if you weren't here when Johnny Taylor testified that God showed him restoration is not what we understand it, biblical restoration. Biblical restoration is what it was actually created to be in the beginning and as if the pain never existed. So as the prisoner that got out of prison that came to Johnny's church that wanted to go back to prison and preach couldn't because he had a felony. God told him to go back to church, go back to prison, give him your prison number, address, name, and see what I'm doing. Went back, they had no record he'd ever been in prison before. Child in school, autism, all of a sudden, the markers went away after prayer. Yeah. 
Teacher said, we, we don't think there is no markers anymore that he has autism. Parents said, oh, yes, he has autism. Teacher said, there is no signs of it. He doesn't need to be in this class. Parents said, we've got to go talk to the counselor. She has record of it. Went to the counselor, couldn't find any records of it. See, we, th- we limit restoration to... Then I love the zinger that he brought. When he said there was a woman on the third row who was a prostitute, that he knew she was a prostitute. They had gotten converted. And the Lord said, she's not a prostitute. Johnny said, well, yes, she is. Because I know that she was a prostitute. God said, you calling me a liar? Let every man, let God be true, let every man be a liar. God told Johnny, he said, you don't think I can heal her womb and restore her virginity? As if it never, ever happened before. See, we think restoration is we just get healed enough to limp on through. I'm telling you, that ain't restoration. Restoration, God, anybody in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things have become brand new. You may have been through the fire, but you don't even smell like smoke anymore because of what God's done in your life. Touch four people say, get ready for restoration. God's anointing is on restoration right now. That's what God's, every time I talk about it, hear about it, I feel anointed. We were at the Dawsonville Revival. I had a crew with me. And this lady came. She was a massage therapist for 20 years. Really believed in healing, touch of healing. And it brought a lot of healing to a lot of people. But she was racked with fibromyalgia and different muscular diseases. So they drove for 10 hours to the revival to get baptized and be healed. She got there, she got one of the first numbers, you know, to register, and the Lord spoke to her and said, give it away. Knowing that that might limit her chance of even getting baptized. So I didn't know any of this. I'm sitting at the the altar watching people get prayed for. This man came in front of me and we locked eyes. Shoo. I I went. Never seen him before in my life, he walked away. So now the meeting goes on for a couple hours. I walk out. As soon as I walk out the door of the sanctuary, the same guy, shoop, we lock eyes again. I said, who are you? He said, I don't know. Who are you? I said, I don't know, but you keep looking at me. He said, I know. I saw you earlier. I said, I know. I saw you too. I said, what in the world's going on with you? He said, my wife's in the bathroom. He said, she is just absolutely beside herself. I said, what is it? He said, we drove 10 hours. She's racked with pain, and she gave away her uh, ticket to be baptized, and now it's going to be so long that we got to get back to work tomorrow, and we can't stay. She's not going to get baptized, and she ain't going to be healed. So now we're driving back 10 hours, and he said, honestly, I don't even ask, wouldn't even ask you to pray for her to be healed. Would you just pray she wouldn't be so disappointed? So all of a sudden now there's about... 10 of us, and we're gathered around outside, and she walks out. Like, who are these guys? And I told her the story I just told you. And I said, I don't think that God's limited to the waters to bring healing to you. I said, why can't we just pray for you and let God heal you right here in the foyer? She said, okay. And we prayed a powerful prayer. I mean, it, it, but it, it didn't get the job done. Just be honest. We prayed, but it didn't get the job done. It was just kind of like, 
Didn't get the job done. Holy Ghost said, take money out of your pocket, get money from everybody with you, and put it in her hand. And tell her, not only am I going to heal her, I'm going to restore all the money she's lost because of the disease. And as soon as we did that and put it in her hand, the power of God hit that woman like a tornado. Three days later, she emailed me. She said, as soon as I got in the car, my pain left. She said, that was four days ago, and I am completely healed by the power of God. That tells me God's not just interested in healing you. God's wanting to restore you. Touch three people. Say, get ready for restoration. And I don't even have time for this one, but it's a good one. Ephesians 5 says, something people don't think you never get back. People tell you all the time, missed opportunity, not in, the, not in God's economy. You may have missed it last Pentecost, but good news, you're not running linear. You're running circular with God now. So now every time God lets you come back around, you may have missed it last year, but you don't have to miss it this year. You may have missed the opportunity that time, but you don't have to miss it this time. It just keeps coming back around because he is so gracious and so kind to just keep coming back after us another time and another time and another time so we can cycle with him out of where we are to where God wants to take us. God can redeem the time because ain't a person in here that ain't blown it. A lot of people blame it on the devil. Most times just stupid. But aren't you glad that God can even redeem stupid and make it? Come on. Touch two people. Say, it's good news for me, you, and you. God said, I'm just going to have to give you another chance. You just, you know. So God's going to do some things. Going to give you some revelation. That's the most important. God wants to give... God wants to give people, it says from the least to the greatest, we're all going to know the Lord. This whole thing's changing. It ain't about coming to the preacher or coming to, it's about all of us knowing God. Lord spoke to me this week, we're redoing our app. We had a place in there called Prayer Request. Lord said, what's that on there for? I said, well, you know, Lord, that's, I'm trying to explain to him like what this is. I, you know, he, he's cool like that. I thought my little grandson this week was helping me carry a ladder. And I'm carrying the ladder. But he's holding it. He thinks, you know, and he's, and we're walking along and he thinks he's carrying this ladder. And the Lord said, hmm. Hmm. The Lord said, hmm. He said, you think you're carrying the ladder, don't you get? He said, you're just holding on. I'm doing all the heavy lifting. I'm just letting you act like you got it together. I'm actually the one that's holding everything together. What was I talking about? Prayer request. I said, you know, Lord, this is where they, people have prayer. They send it. And he said, what you going to do with it? I said, well, pray for them. Why? Why, why, are you getting, why are you giving them a middleman? Why would you ask somebody to send you a prayer request for you to pray for it when all these people that have need are my children? 
That'd be like saying, I'll talk to daddy. He said, don't put prayer requests. Just put a teaching on there about how to pray and let them pray to me and get their own answer from me. Touch three people say, God's doing a new thing. And God's about to release some resources. He's already releasing resources. He's been sustaining us for a long time. But he's releasing more and more and more. And the Lord showed me clearly about this. Look, look at this last scripture. You shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. Don't you love how God is? He didn't just say, I'll give you something. He said, you'll eat in plenty and you'll be satisfied. How many of you are, you are not currently satisfied with your current financial situation? Then we're not where God wants us. Because he, he didn't say he'd make you rich. He said he'd satisfy you. Everybody's needs are different. But God wants you satisfied. Content, happy with what you got. And that's not just barely getting by. That's enough for you and your family and enough that you can be a blessing to somebody else. You shall eat, please be satisfied. Praise the name of the Lord your God who's dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. There's that shame word again. It's what God promised us at Passover. He said, I'm going to roll the shame off of you. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of you, that I am the Lord your God, and there is none other. And my people, my people, I said my people. Don't you love it that God calls us my people? And my people shall never be put to shame. Man, I got a hold of this. In the Old Testament, God said, bring first fruits at Passover Pentecost and Tabernacles. Can I have the first offering? Somebody can help, is somebody helping me? Thank you, sir. At Passover, it said bring one sheaf and offer it to the Lord, the first of your harvest, and wave it before the priest. That don't look like much. Who has despised the day of small beginnings? But here's what God said. So all he asked you, why? It's the beginning. Passover is the beginning. It's the, it's the, it's. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. But what does he say next? He says, so this is your Passover first fruit. So whatever you gave at Passover, there he is. Could have been 100, could have been 10,000, but there it is. It's one sheaf. Now God says, by the time you get to Pentecost, where's my Pentecost offering? That one sheaf has become two loaves. So you started with one grain. Said, so by the time you get to Pentecost, I need you to bring me two loaves of bread. This is about the size he asked for in the scripture. Boy, it smells good too. <laughs> Put a ham and cheese on that would be all right. Now. <laughs> but, 
pray over that water, ask Jesus to do it again, and we'll be in the business with me. No, here we go. <laughs> in an instant, Moses came off the mountain with two tablets. The Torah was never supposed to be two stones to beat people with. It was supposed to be two, lie, two, two ways of living life so that you have bread from heaven and the right way to live. My offering fell there. Somebody help me there, Caleb. Put the offering back up. So now you got one sheaf. By the time you get to Passover, he says you got two loaves. Where's the tabernacles? By the time you get to tabernacles, it's a party. <laughs> Sit right there. It's called the great ingathering. So by the time you get to tabernacles, you got so much happening that you go to Jerusalem and it says if you can't get to Jerusalem, it's just exactly what the word of God says. Some of y'all ain't gonna like this. It's gonna hurt your feelings. Touch your neighbor and say, get ready to get your feelings hurt. God said, by the time you get to tabernacles, you're gonna be so blessed that I want you going for eight days, party. Eat, drink, sacrifice, give offerings. The average family could have given up to 70 lambs. Massive. He said, if you can't make it to Jerusalem, stop, sell your stuff, buy a bunch of stuff, and have a party wherever you're at. See, one thing people need to realize is God loves a party. And, God... and the reason you're not progressing is you've bought into suffering because you do suffer. That's part of it. We all suffer. That's part of the game. That's part of the process. You will suffer. But what happens is when you only identify with suffering, you don't, oh yeah, there are times I suffer. There are times I go through stuff. There are times I am afflicted. The, but the Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. The good news is on the other side of my affliction, there's a party waiting to happen for me and my family. One sheaf, two loaves. Abundantly more than I could even ask or think for. The cycles of God. And by the time this ends, you come back around, and what happens is your sheaf, even though it's one, gets bigger. At one point in Bev and I's journey, $10 was a big sheaf for us. Then 100. Then 1,000. And then this thing just keeps getting bigger because God keeps giving you more blessings. Are you tracking with me? Now let's make it spiritual and we'll get out of here. 
What time is it? Huh? Jesus was the first fruit. Just one. Passover, Jesus was our first fruit. Just one. But by the time you get to here, the church, we are bread for the hungry. And this is for the world. Jesus is saved. We are saved. The great ingathering, the world gets saved. Some of your theology thinks this is the world. Thinks only a little bit of people are going to get saved. Baby, you in for a, uh, something exciting is going to happen. Let me tell you, this ain't what the harvest looks for for the kingdom of God. This is the way it started, but this is the way it's going to wind up over here. The harvest is coming to the kingdom. Stand up with me. Look here, this next scripture. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. I think the spirit of Johnny's on his platform. Uh, back up one. Uh-huh. Now, all this I've been preaching to you about today is for us. But it says it should come to pass after that. And I'm going to pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your old men are going to dream dreams. Your young men are going to see visions. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out of my spirit in those days. God is preparing us, the church, for one of the greatest moves of the Holy Spirit that earth's ever known. I'm convinced of it. I've seen the harvest. So God is beginning a restoration project, getting me and you ready. Not the harvest, but we are harvesters for the harvest. When the world sees a people that are eating in plenty and satisfied and not ashamed, walking in line with heaven's purposes, a people set apart for God's purposes and plans, living in the midst of peace, Enjoy. I had a we got, I got up in that Revelation 4 1 door yesterday and I saw a hurricane and I thought, I said, Lord, is this something bad happening? He said, No, because you're in the middle. He said, This is what it looks like to have rest on every side. He said, I'm a hurricane around you and I'm an enemy to your enemies and you're in the middle of it and ain't nothing happening to you. That means chaos and confusion all around you, but it ain't on you. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it's not going to. This is what God's doing in this season. And so he simply says this, how do you want to move with me this year? 
Here's what the Holy Spirit showed, showed me so clearly this morning. I'd heard it years ago, but it's so powerful. When something leaves your hand, something leaves God's hand. When something leaves your hand, something leaves God's hand. Every time. And it's either for a present need or it goes somewhere into your future. And it's waiting on you when you get there, right when you need it at the right time at the right place. And so revelation, restoration, and resources are what we're decreeing and believing over our lives, this Pentecost, for you and your family and all around us that are, that are those online, those who are connected with this movement. We're decreeing this Pentecost that this revelation, restoration, and resources are going to move our way in a supernatural manner in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen? This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.